For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome in to another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and you're listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? And do you feel good to be back? Because I sure do. It's good to be back after a little hiatus um, from this podcast, but I am back and better than ever with a lot of tennis news, a lot of tennis things happening over the last three weeks. And last time I was on here, I talked a little bit about how tennis was coming back a little bit, but the ways, the way it looks, tennis is back. Tennis is absolutely back. There's been a lot of playing, and you can't deny that there's been a lot of good tennis going on in the tennis world lately. I want to first start off by looking at the tour updates. Now, this is um, as of July 9th, so we're about 12 days off on this one, but this is the latest one that has come out about updates in the ATP Tour and the WTA Tour, and um, right now, Washington, D.C. on August 14th is still set to be the first ATP Tour event. The WTA will be in Palermo on August 3rd, and then they'll go to Prague, and then they'll go to Lexington, um, which Prague and Lexington are on the same date, August 10th. But as of right now, ATP is returning Washington, D.C. on August 14th, and then they're going to Cincy, which is actually in New York City at the WTA, or at the USTA, sorry, Billie Jean King National Tennis Center, where the U.S. Open is played as well. And that'll be at the end of August. And then it'll look to, um, oh, yep, there it is, August 31st. That is the U.S. Open. And that'll go um, into September just a little bit. And then it'll roll right back up into the series to get to Roland Garros, which is set to start September 27th. And we've talked on this podcast before about how interesting it's going to be with the U.S. Open and Roland Garros being less than a month apart from each other, um, halfway across the world. It's just going to be interesting. And while I'm talking on this topic, I want to talk about, I was talking to some friends in the tennis world the other day, and we were talking about, you know, who's going to play in the U.S. Open, who's not going to play in the U.S. Open, who's going to play, you know, in Roland Garros, who's not, and who wants to play still in 2020, and who, and who doesn't. And we started talking about some of the top players, and would the top players feel comfortable in playing this in some of these events? Because, frankly, they don't have to. Um, I mean, a lot of the players that do want to get um, a Grand Slam, of course, they're going to try to play in these tournaments. But then you look at um, you look at players like, you know, Federer, Nadal. A uh, Federer's obviously not playing until 2021. But you look at Nadal and Joker, and they don't need to play in these tournaments. Why would they play in these tournaments? Do they want to risk their family's health? Do they, they don't need the money. They don't need the grand slams, which some argue they do, but there's a lot of things in the world right now 
that are more important than who's going to win the most Grand Slams. And and I hate I really hate to say that being this a tennis podcast, but in all reality there is. And I think Djokovic realizes that after you know having his um, Adria tour and coming down with the coronavirus, and then um, Nadal's kind of just living his own best life. He's got a yacht over there in Spain. Um, he's just kind of doing his thing, which they can kind of take this year off and it might, you know, add another year longevity to the end of their career. So I don't necessarily think it's a horrible thing for them, but who knows if they're going to be able to play back to back grand slams. Maybe they'll just pick one grand slam. You know, if you're Nadal, are you just going to pick to play in Roland Garros? Cause you don't want to, you know, go to New York and have all these restrictions in New York. You might as well just spend all your time in France or in that part of the world and just play Roland Garros. I'm not saying that's what he should do. I'm saying, you know, that's a definitely a possibility. Um, and then, you know, you look at hardcore players, you know, if you're going to play the U S open, you might as well play Roland Garros as well. But if you really want to focus on Roland Garros, which is probably Nadal. Um, and if you're not, if you're not comfortable going to New York city, which I know a lot of players aren't, um, you know, Nick Kyrgios, he, is very verbal about not wanting to, you know, go to New York because it's hotspot. There's a lot there. There's a lot of coronavirus concerns in the state of New York, especially in New York City. So who knows if some of those top players will go there, maybe more will go to France, who knows. But as of right now, August 31st, the U.S. Open starts, and then you roll on to September 27th, and that is when the uh, Roland Garros, the French Open, begins. So let's move on a little bit. Um, I want to talk about the WTA rankings update because there's a lot of people. Um, this one came out, but there's a lot of people, a lot of players playing in, um, you know, tournaments and stuff going on right now. But that doesn't mean they're getting ATP points or, um, you know, WTA points. So it, this says it's also similar to the ATP, but rankings will follow a better of 2019 and 2020 model for points earned between March 2019 and December 2020. So they're kind of going to wrap that that year and a half, year and some change into one there. Um, players may not add the same WTA, WTA and Grand Slam level events twice to their point total um, with rankings that count 16 events for singles and 11 for doubles. So, you know, if you, you know, if you win the U.S. Open last year, you can't count that as, you know, Bianca Andreescu probably better off not playing the U.S. Open this year so she can counter points from last year, but you can't count both. Um, and then tour-level points added in 2020 will come off after the event is played again in 2021 or 52 weeks after, um, whichever's first. So I think that's interesting. Um, a lot of people have been talking about points lately, and I think another big thing is is there's been a lot of people that are like, is tennis more fun to watch when there aren't points on the line? And I don't really have the answer for that, but it feels like they play a little bit more freely. You know, they're just playing these tournaments. Not, not always do points need to be on the line. And I think it's, you know, kind of fun to watch, actually. And I think some of these top players like Sitsipas, Berrettini, um, Dominic Team for sure, have, you know, maybe had a little fun during these tournaments because there's a lot less on the line, but there is pride on the line. So maybe they've played even harder because, you know, I do want to beat this person and I want to get back into after COVID and stuff. So, um, that's just another thing to keep your head out, um, keep your eye out, eye out for, as I should say. Um, one of the tournaments that was played is the uh, Bet One Aces that was in Berlin, Germany. Now, if you haven't seen pictures from this, I would go to Tennis Channel or even head over to, um, I know Petra Kvitova posted a picture of it. 
Uh, Dominic Team posted a picture of it, but man, this tournament was cool. So this was in Berlin, right? And this is one of their tournaments they have there. And they played in an airplane hangar, right? And so the background, there's an airplane. Don't ask me how this happened. Um, I have no idea. But nevertheless, it is super cool visual seeing these players play with this airplane in the background. And there's a lot of tournaments that are cool like this. And there's, you know, around the world, the tennis are starting to get really creative. And it's actually really, really cool. But one of the cooler things about this tournament was some of the players that played in it. Um, you had people like Tommy Haas was supposed to play in this tournament. Like, he hasn't been on the tour in a while. But nevertheless, he's going to train and come play in this tournament. You got uh, Yannick Sinner, Julia Gorges, um, Kiki Burton's. Um, then you got people like Yannick, or I already said Yannick Sinner, but Dominic Team, um, Alina Svitolina. I mean, some of these fan favorites, um, were playing in this tournament and it was a really cool tournament if you look at it. And at the end of the day, the winners of this tournament were, um, Dominic Team and Alina Svitolina. Petra Kvitova was in the final against Svitolina, but a lot of young talent played in this tournament. It was cool. Like it's, it's just a cool visual to see people playing in an airplane hangar. Now, I don't know. If that had, you know, some severe effects on the way of the wind, because there's only one side that's open, um, you might have like a little tornado effect there. But nevertheless, super rad tournament. I was a big fan of this one. And obviously, they all have their COVID stuff. But um, super rad tournament. I was a big fan of the uh, Bet One Aces tournament that was in Berlin, Germany. Now, I want to talk about one of the tournaments. I think I've talked about it on here before, but I want to get a little bit more in depth to it because it is one of the coolest tournaments um, I've seen. And it also is um, kind of bringing a new way to play tennis. The Ultimate Tennis Showdown is what I'm talking about. That's one of the tournaments that uh, Patrick Martiglau put on at his place. And some of the top players played in it. Let me name a few entertaining players that played in this tournament. Let's start with... Uh, let's go... You know, Richard Gasquet, Dustin Brown, uh, Bino Pierre, uh, Lucas Puy, David Goffin, Alexi Paprin, um, Holger Arun, um, Corentin Matut. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Dominic, Dominic Team, Feliciano Lopez, uh, Matteo Berrettini, Sitsipas, Stefano Sitsipas. Those are some of the players that, you know, played in the Ultimate Tennis Showdown, and it's very interesting. Let me read you the rules. I haven't really read the rules to you of the Ultimate Tennis Showdown. I looked them up today just to make sure I really had it down, but watching it, you can kind of get the grasp of what's going on. So there's four 10-minute quarters, so they're timed, um, and you alternate serve, kind of like a tiebreaker, kind of like ping pong, where uh, two serves, two serves, two serves, two serves, two serves, all the way back. But you don't play to a 7, you don't play to 12, you don't play to any of those. You don't play to 10. You play as long as the 10 minutes goes. And then whoever's winning at the end of the 10 minutes wins. And if you're tied, then you um, then you play a tiebreaker. Uh, one point. One point, sudden death. Whoever wins it, wins it, right? And then it goes by. It's kind of like match play golf. It goes by whoever wins that quarter, right? So you don't get a total amount of points at the end. If you win the first quarter, first 10 minutes, boom, you get one. You win the second one, you get two. If you lose the third, you're up two to one. Stuff like that. And then um, there's a tiebreaker if 
it ends two quarters to two quarters, pretty much. That's kind of how you call it. But if it ends two quarters, two quarters, the tiebreaker is actually um, first one to win two points in a row, which is a super interesting tiebreaker. Um, and if you watch this, it was kind of fun. You know, it's weird to see timed tennis. Um, the players are, you know, playing against the clock instead of playing against, you know, the points. So that part was really interesting. It goes by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, which doesn't happen in ten as much. But that's how this one went. And all the players got nicknames as well. So like Matteo Berrettini was the hammer. Um, Stefano Sitsipas was the Greek god. Then he had, uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Yeah, there he is. Feliciano Lopez was like. El Toreo or something. I don't know what that means in Spanish, but he was something like that. So it was really interesting. It was kind of a fun way to play, and it was timed, you know. So these players were popping right on the court, playing a quick four games or, you know, four 10-minute quarters and getting out of there. So I thought it was a really interesting way to go about things, and I was a fan of it. It was fun to watch. It was fast. It was fun for people who think tennis is long and boring. Um, You're in and out in under an hour. Uh, I think they warm up off court, so when you get on court, you're boom, boom, done. And it's interesting for some of these younger players who, you know, some of the younger players that played in it, like Rune, if he's playing, you know, team, he probably usually wouldn't beat team in a big tournament, but nevertheless, plays really well against team here. He gets every two serves. You know, it's like a tiebreaker, but um, it gives a chance for some of these younger players to get in a different atmosphere play tennis a little different, and especially in a time where coronavirus and everything has taken over the world, it's giving all these players a little bit more time to get back into the game, um, which I thought was really interesting and, and really cool at the same time. So that is kind of what we have on today's podcast. Um, we'll get into a little bit more of how tennis is going to carry on next week. Hopefully, we'll have a uh, guest or two in the coming weeks before the U.S. Open Series comes up, but I'm jacked up for the U.S. Open Series. I'm jacked up for Roland Garros. I'm so excited to have tennis back in an ATP slash WTA format. And I can't tell you how excited I am to watch those matches. I've missed it so much. You know I'm watching tennis now, but nothing's the same when it goes to these bigger tournaments. So I'm all jacked up. I hope you are. Thanks for listening today, as always, and making it till the end of this podcast. Uh, If you want to sponsor, you can reach out at Believe.com or reach out at Believe Podcast, that's B-L-E-A-V. If you want to reach out to me, reach out to me at Jacob Sersosimo. C-E-R-S-O-S-I-M-O is my last name on both Instagram and Twitter. And we can talk about this podcast. We can talk about what you want, what what you know, what we want on this podcast, what kind of guests we want, what kind of you know topics do you want to see me tackle? What do you want to hear my opinion more? You want to hear my opinion less. It's an open book. This podcast is supposed to be a lot of fun, which is um, a lot of belief podcasts, and I'm happy to be such a part of a good network that believe is that gives me the freedom and um, the platform to have a lot of fun on a thing like a podcast because a podcast is supposed to be fun. Stay safe out there. Wear a mask. Um, science says it helps. And at the worst, at the worst case scenario, at the end of the day, if the mask doesn't help at all, well, no one knew you're wearing it anyway because no one can see your face. So um, take care of yourself. Have a good week. Enjoy the pod. There's a lot of good pods left to come, and I appreciate you listening. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding 
or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.